Praise the Lord, everybody. <coughs> it's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today. We've had a wonderful time in the house of the Lord. The presence of the Lord has been very, very strong in all of our services. And it's wonderful to feel his presence and to know that what we feel is the presence of God and that he comes to us and he meets with us and he spends time with us and he encourages us. I always think to myself that sometimes if you're feeling not well or discouraged or something and you don't come to church, you're doing yourself a disservice because when you've been to church, you do feel better after that time that you've been in church. God uplifts and encourages and he helps us in every way. So I just thank the Lord for the privilege and the blessing to be in his house tonight. I'd just like to pray and ask the Lord to bless me as I minister the word tonight. Lord Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you are great and greatly to be praised, God. And there's nothing but nothing impossible unto you, Lord. I pray, Almighty God, that you will be with us as I bring this word tonight, Lord. I ask you to anoint me, Lord. I ask you to enable me, God, to bring this word, Lord. And I pray that you will speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The message is called Times and Seasons. So the introduction to the book of Ecclesiastes says, Ecclesiastes or the preacher. And verse 1 of chapter 1 says, The word of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. So it is concluded that the writing of Ecclesiastes is attributed to Solomon, son of David. Speaking of Solomon, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 4, 32 and 33, that he spake 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005. His knowledge was extensive in that he spoke to, of the cedar trees in Lebanon, of beasts, of fowl, of creeping things and fishes. God gave him great wisdom which surpassed the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. People came from all the nations to hear the wisdom of Solomon as the son of David. He was given authority and by, given by God to build the temple in Jerusalem. And in regard to this message, my initial preparation was with the overriding thought of the beginning of a new year, where we look forward to the year ahead, not knowing specifically what to expect, but yet we commit ourselves to submit to God, to endure, to persevere, to rejoice, to be faithful, to serve and worship God. Already this year, there's been happy birthday greetings. Um, now you made me lose my place. <laughs> Sadness and loss, misfortune and disaster, social distancing, prayers, un prayers answered, a calling fulfilled, and we are only in the month of February. But because of the difficulties already experienced this year, I have really struggled to, to prepare this message, but I also felt that I needed to continue with this theme. So the scripture I have, therefore, is the wonderful work of poetry on the times and the seasons of life, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 11. If you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. Thank you. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. To me, the scripture, among other things, is a faith booster because it indicates the constancy of God at all times and in all circumstances. These times and seasons take place without our help, without anything that we do to bring them about. They have beginnings and endings and are part of the continuous cycle of life. A person may be well-mannered, scholastic, well-behaved, conscientious, honest, prayerful, hardworking, and more, and yet not escape the hard and difficult seasons of life. We expect ongoing cycles in life, and we endeavor to live each part of God's plan under heaven until we get to heaven. I understand that the part of the scripture which says, He hath set the world in their heart, gives us an inherent awareness of eternity, and when we will more understand the work of God and his appointed times for everything in his creation. And this includes our personal lives in him. Ephesians chapter 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God is in control. God never loses control. God never struggles to gain control. He is in control, always, from the beginning right through to eternity. How often does it happen when we look back on an unhappy or difficult incident in our lives which we thought we could never get through to finally see that God was in it and actually allowed it to take place at a specific time because it will work out for our benefit and our benefit in our life and our benefit in living for him. This scenario brings me to the scripture, Romans 8 and 28. says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Sometimes it doesn't look as if it's working together for our good. Sometimes it's a difficult uh, thing to go through. But we must realize that God is with us at these times. God can override any purpose we may have and work his plans in our lives. The scripture tells us that God has an appointed time 
for these cycles to take place. And we never know how long that time may be. It could be as short as a day or a week. It could go on for years and years. It is God who determines this time in order for our spiritual benefit. I might say that if we are fast learners, perhaps the, the hardship may not last a very long time. God formed man and has never deserted man, even though we are all sinners. 1 Peter 3 and 9. But he is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. In our lives, we do not have a desperate need to reach out to God or to require answers to life's difficulties when we are having what we call a mountaintop experience and everything is joyous and uncomplicated. But in difficult and hard times, we call out to God. We reach out to him. We look for answers. And this is exactly what God wants us to do, to draw nigh unto him, to grow, to learn of him, to serve him, to thank him, to worship him, to receive salvations, to develop a relationship with him. And it's those hard times and those difficult times that we experience when we reach out to him. And he helps us and he pulls us through. It would help if we could see the beauty in it all. As verse 11 says, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. In difficult times, it is not easy to see the beauty of his creation. But especially in these times, it would be beneficial if we would transfer our thoughts to the beauty and goodness around us rather than dwelling on the hard times and the problems. We do dwell on them. We dwell on them and we carry them around with us all the time. Psalm, Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot be, to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. When we transfer our thoughts to him, we feel a release and a peace in our troubled situation, and we feel encouraged to continue. And we also feel that God is in control and that he knows exactly what it is that we need. God has already planned what he wants us to do with our lives, and he has a unique plan for each and every one of us to serve him in this world. Verses 9 and 10 of Ecclesiastes expresses that earthly pursuits are good in their proper place and time, but unprofitable when pursued as the chief goal in our lives. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I may be bold enough to say that God created us in his own image and likeness, having emotions in our personalities, and he has also given us a way to express these emotions. God himself experienced emotions, and an example of this we find right in the beginning of the Bible, in fact, Genesis chapter 6, when God saw the wickedness of man in the earth was great. He repented that he had made man, and he was grieved in his heart. Because of this, he was intent on destruction of all mankind. But Noah found grace, and man was saved from extinction. God experienced grief, and he repented 
in that situation. I read a piece which says, of the bodily organs, the heart plays a particularly important role in our emotional experience. When we have emotional responses, it is important to express them, perhaps within ourselves as a process to a solution, or perhaps talk to another trusted person and, and also to have a controlled reaction. This helps us cope and manage our emotions and stay in good mental health. And so we have wisdom from this scripture. Nevertheless, whatever time or season is taking place, this is not beyond intervention by God. And I've taken some examples from the scriptures. A time to weep, a time to mourn, and a time to die. In his travels, Jesus came to a city called Nain. At the gates, there was a dead man on a buyer being carried out of the city. The dead man was the only son of a mother who was a widow. She was weeping when Jesus saw her. Jesus came and he touched the buyer and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. In an instant, God took away a time to mourn, a time to weep, and a time to die. In the subject of a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, Jesus gave his disciples a lesson on faith. On a particular morning, Jesus came to the city of Bethany, and he was hungry. So when he saw a fig tree, he expected to find fruit on it. However, there were only leaves. So he said in Matthew chapter 21, verses 17 to 22, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever, and presently the fig tree withered away. This fig tree years before had been planted in the season of the time of planting, and probably in due course it would have been plucked up because it was not bearing fruit. But instead, by the command of Jesus, it withered away. I want to underline the lesson of faith that Jesus gave to his disciples. And he said that if they had faith and doubt not, they not only shall do this which was done to the fig tree, but also if they say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever they ask in prayer, believing, they shall receive. Faith is very, very important as we live for God. We can't always see what is happening. We can't always see the answer, but we can always trust in the Lord. We can always know that he is in control. We can always know that he hears prayers and he answers prayers. Moving on to a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. My example comes from Leviticus 14, 39 and 42. When the spread of leprosy is found in any of the houses, God gives extensive and involved instructions for the houses to be cleaned, which cleansing involves the priest. The priest will note if the plague is spent, spread onto the walls, and if so, any of the building stones which show signs of leprosy must be removed and cast out into an unclean place. The process of cleaning takes place inside 
And then they shall take other stones, clean ones, and put them in the place of the stones that have been thrown out. The priest will then finish off with mortar and plaster. When there was leprosy, there was no embracing taking place. Lots of social distancing. But I'd imagine that when it, the leprosy was healed, there was much embracing. Bear in mind that leprosy is a type of sin, and God has a specific plan for sin to be dealt with so that man can be cleansed from sin, guilt, and judgment. The laws of cleansing leprosy were specific and uncompromising, and the priest was involved in that cleansing process. The high priest is integral in God's salvation plan, as the New Testament explains in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempered like we are, yet without sin. The way of being cleansed from sin and salvation for all of mankind is specific and uncompromising. If anybody tries to compromise, unfortunately, they will not be free from sin. My next and final example is a time to be born, a time to die. Some unfortunates may bring about their own death, but God has an appointed time for birth and appointed time for death. In the late ages of Abraham and Sarah, who were past the time of, and season for childbearing, God promised them a son at an appointed time. They did not wait, and they tried to make their own time, but this was not accepted by God, and their son Isaac was born at God's appointed time. Isaac was important in the Israel history, and he was a patriarch of Israel, and he was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. The ultimate example is that of Jesus Christ. Mary, a young unmarried woman, espoused to Joseph. She was not in the time or season to produce a child, but God intervened, and the angel told Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And in due season, in God's perfect time, Mary gave birth to a son, Jesus. And a time to die, the death at the age of 33, was God's precise appointed time. But God is not finished. Jesus rose again from the dead. Once again, God intervened and took over the times and the seasons. Amen. The whole world is in a time and a season of pandemic at this time, with sickness spreading quickly and easily. Nobody has immunity. It has been a time to refrain from embracing. We are reaching the stage when worldwide it will be a time to embrace again. But rules and restrictions have been made to hopefully stop the sickness spreading. This sickness is so bad, it often ends in death. The rules have included social distancing, and many planned gatherings have had to be cancelled and put on hold until conditions improve. Perhaps the enemy had hoped that the spreading of the gospel would, would be hindered 
or even eliminated at this time by these restrictions. But this has not come to pass. Years ago, there was a fear of computers being introduced into society. But nowadays, they are commonplace. And even those who feared them are using them and becoming quite skillful, even to the point of using electronic jargon. Because of this and advanced technology, the word of God continued to be spread and heard, even in hard-to-reach places. It never stopped. It continued. Gathering together for service and prayer meetings had been radically restricted and in some cases stopped altogether. But because of the electronics, reaching into our own homes, we were brought together and able to participate in prayers, share the time together, even see one another's faces. The preached word was heard every week, and we also had music, songs, and worship. It never stopped. It never stopped. Amen. We continued, we continued. And those of us that are older and in the older generation who don't like these computers and they they suffer to learn them and things like that, we managed and we prevailed and we were able to share that wonderful spreading of the gospel and being in touch with our, our church people. Regardless of times and seasons, the spreading of the word of God will never be stopped unless God says so. And to this end, Jesus called disciples to follow him, saying, Come ye after me. That was Mark 1 and 17. Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. That's really one of my favorite scriptures, because straightway. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't hem and haw. They didn't look at him and say, are you for real? They didn't think of how many fish they were going to not catch. They didn't think of the years that they'd spent in those fishing boats and the experience that they had. Straightway, immediately, no second thoughts, they dropped their nets and they followed him. Jesus interrupted their lives and they put down their nets to follow him which was an unspoken yes. They were ordinary men, not needing academic qualifications. I want you to note that. Jesus prepared them for the continued spread of the gospel after his death. He spent time with them. He taught them. He prayed with them. They witnessed power, miracles, and the love of God demonstrated through him. They loved him. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. There were times they did experience difficulties. But they continued to follow him and to serve him. There will always be opposition to the spread of the gospel. Could I ask Sister Satika to please come? Because they continued, the gospel is still being spread today. The disciples who became known as the apostles have passed on. But God is still calling followers today. Did God ever interrupt your life? Did you ever say yes to him? Do you love him? Do you have faith? Do you want to serve him? Do you want to follow him? Do you want to please him? Do you want to witness miracles and healings and God's power? Do you want to spread the gospel? Do you want souls to receive the truth 
Do you want to witness baptisms both in water and in the Holy Ghost? Do you want to pray for sick and suffering people? Do you want to deliver the gospel to those who have never heard it before? Do you want them to hear the gospel and get an opportunity to know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus died for them? Unless we tell, they're not going to know. It's not going to fall out of the sky. It needs to be spoken to people. If you are saying yes to any of these things, then today God is calling us and saying to us now in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Go ye into all the world does not necessarily mean go this way. but you are a witness hallelujah we read the account of Peter and John still in Jerusalem when they went to the temple and there ministered to a lame man who had been lame since birth he was healed and he began leaping and praising and here I say a time to dance that leaping maybe was a dance Maybe they just called it leaping, but maybe it was a dance. He was healed. The disciples went along in Jerusalem. They never left. They were still there, and they prayed for that man, and he'd been lame from his birth, but he got up, and he was healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To everything, there is a time and a season. And Jesus said, whosoever will come after me, it's a time now to do this. Whosoever will come unto me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's a time to follow him. It's a time to take up our cross. It's a time to allow Jesus to work in our lives as we witness to the lost. It is time to be a whosoever and deny ourselves. Let us take up our cross and follow Jesus. Amen.